0: Hello, I'm Emily Grace, and welcome to the Stages podcast of Bernstein Private Wealth. Life throws lots of challenges at us. We're here to address them. So it's been a while since we've connected, and I'm glad to be back. For today's conversation, I've invited Taru Clavel, author, education journalist, and college consultant back to join us on the stage. Taru believes passionately in supporting the younger generation to prepare them for the world that they will inherit. The last time we spoke with Taru on stages, it was about her best selling book, World Class. Today, we're speaking with her about the work she does helping high school juniors and seniors prepare for and gain admission to top tier universities through Taru Consults. If you or someone you know would like an intro to Taru, email me at emily.grace at bernstein.com. Taru, welcome back. Thanks for joining us.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Emily.
0: We're excited to have you here. And I'm gonna start by addressing the elephant in the room, but don't worry. It's not like we're recording this or anything. So you can answer fully and honestly, You know, nobody else is listening in. Is the work that you do, is it like that whole varsity blues thing? Like, do you guarantee getting people into the college of their choice and you just tell them exactly what they need to write to do that?
1: Uh, no, um, but it is, it's is—it's an interesting question because I have seen that side of it, and I know people who engage in that kind of work, um, and it's always made me very squeamish, to say the least. So I started this work in 2010 when I lived in Shanghai, and I really did it because I loved meeting these international students who were working so hard uh, who were Chinese students, local students who really were trying to get to US universities. And even in the last 10 years, the industry, the whole international student flows, they've, it's changed dramatically. And the numbers have gone up, um, even keeping in mind COVID, which I, w- which I thought was really going to throw a hamper into, or a damper rather, into the number of students coming to the US. It didn't, which is really, really wow. interesting. Um, and that's all to say I have seen agencies and companies and know people who uh, may not necessarily say they're going to guarantee placement, but ask for quite literally a million dollars plus per child to kind to guarantee, they don't use that word, but to, to kind of guarantee them um, a place at whatever university of, uh, that they choose. Um, and it can be like Varsity Blues documented through sports, through donations, through very various bribes, really. Um, still happening? I can't say for sure that it's still happening, but I would say that when the whole thing came to light, I felt like, okay, this is just going to make it go more undercover. Yeah. So that's my take on it. I think where there's money, there's always going to be some level of corruption, unfortunately um so but but it is an interesting phenomenon I can tell you even when I lived in Palo Alto where I lived for a couple of years there are companies that do that I live in New York City now and there are companies that do it still and uh and it's and it's unfortunate but to me what's even more shocking is that it didn't it wasn't more obvious because it's pretty clear when a kid who is not athletic and doesn't really have a crew resume something gets recruited as a crew varsity you know top pick kind of a thing um these are just big big red flags we can talk more about it if you want (laughs) okay
0: but I guess so I guess where do you draw the limit on what you can do for the child and what they what they need to do for themselves
1: so I can tell you personally and and maybe this is hopefully interesting to the people listening I actually had got a really sour um taste for all of this I want to say Right before my, what I really started focusing on my book, which was probably around 2015 or 16, when affluent families, uh, international families, started reaching out to me, and they would demand that I write the essays for theirs for their kids, okay. and it was one of these things where they kind of feel like they they pay a lot of money and they and they feel like they own you and they require 12 hour turnaround time. And at the time, mind you, I wasn't doing it for money. I stupidly so maybe, but I was doing it cause I really loved working with the kids. So it was, it was, a, it, it, I just, it really turned me off to it, frankly. And it got to the point where I did have to just in the middle of the process say, I can't work with your family anymore. Um, and I can give you countless examples. I remember there's one family that asked me to work with their son who was, on his computers all the time playing games and he was a straight C student in a really average school and they were demanding that the son go to MIT. And there's no question that MIT may be one of the two most meritocratic schools in the country where they really do base it on your scores, your grades, your teacher recommendations. I mean it's purely because the coursework is so rigorous and they have, they have required courses your freshman year and you just you you can take them and you're either gonna do well or you're not, it's not even a question. Um, So when it came down to working with families like that, I was, I very much thought, okay, I I don't know if I can do this anymore. So when you ask your question, is there a fine line? For me personally, I make sure that I know the caliber of the student that I'm dealing with or working with, I shouldn't say working with, in that case, I felt like dealing with, but that caliber of the student I'm working with and what kind of schools I really hope to get to and the level of writing in the application required for their schools. And I try to be pretty honest because there's, it's pretty clear when there's a disconnect. You know, if there's a B or a C student who, who didn't get good scores on their standardized tests and then they're applying to the, one of the most competitive universities, they're probably not gonna get in. So their application, you know, I, I'm not gonna work with them on that level of an application
0: so are you sort of part psychologist? Are you like working with these <laughs> families, helping them with their dream, you know, like crushing dreams? <laughs> where
1: you go? Th- well, you know what, it's funny. It depends on what kind of high school the kids go to also, because if they go to a, a really competitive high school, then that probably has been done before they speak to me. Yes. But what I find I have to do is those kids who go to really large public schools where maybe they don't have a college counselor or they have a guidance counselor that has maybe 500 students, or maybe they haven't even had an opportunity to talk to that counselor. That's where I have to be more realistic with, with the parents, but it's really hard. This is, this is the time when not only the kids' dreams are going to be realized or not, but parents put their whole stock in and it's kind of like, this is the grade the parent is getting for their 18 plus years of parenting. So I would say, yes, you are like this life coach, but it's, it's, it's hard. It's really, really hard. Nobody wants to deliver that message or receive it.
0: Do you expect, right? Cause it's, I mean, it's such a great point, right? This is like the parents grade, right? Their <laughs> 18 years worth of yeah. work. How, how involved are the parents in this process with you and the child, right? How, you know, and does it differentiated and what do you find works the best as
1: far as parent involvement? So that's also a really, really good question because some parents are really involved and some parents are not involved at all. Um, and through the pandemic, for example, you know, you do these zoom, zoom, doom. And sometimes this is too funny. Um, I need a therapy session after this, <laughs> um, but you, the parents will sit on on every Zoom con- conference that you have with, with the child. And I preface these sessions with the parents and I say, you know, I don't know if you want to be honest. I'm totally fine. I'm all about transparency, but I don't know if you're a student, if, if your child is going to want to be as open with me about the things going on in their lives that they could talk about if you're on the call. Um, So I think parents have to walk a fine line too, in terms of supporting their children, but also how involved they want to be and, and and then some parents are like overly hands on. Um, They, they, and here's a good, here's a good trick. And I always find this very interesting in the essays. Don't write about your parents. And it's really obvious when the parent has had a heavy hand in the essays, because but the there's always like a nod to the parent in a very odd way, in a way that the child would <laughs> never ever say. Um, and you're like, yeah, that comes off kind of funny. Um, and then you have this weird moment where you just want to, you know, do the big cut in the essay, but then the parents like, no, no, no. But they're being grateful. I'm like, no, I don't think a 17, 18, <laughs> 19 year old would ever really say that. Um, and it becomes a red flag for the schools, right? So think it you, it. yeah, it's it's because it's just too obvious. Um, so it does, it does run the gamut. And um, and it's unfortunate, and again, I bring up if, if the child goes to a big public school, then the parents really have had no guidance. And especially if they're first generation, and I don't mean socioeconomically dis- disadvantaged even. I mean, you could be really, really educated, come from overseas, and then you come to the US. And again, that concept of meritocracy doesn't exist so much in the US. Suddenly, of extracurriculars, part-time jobs, uh, community service, uh, you know, sports, all these things that could affect whether or not you gain admission, which is completely anathema to somebody who may have been well-educated from a different country where it is really based on your test scores. So you have this whole population that just doesn't understand the U.S. system, um, and they want to get involved and understand how best to support their kids.
0: That's amazing, right? So really, it's working with the parents and the kids, but trying to help the parents not be sort of overly involved or shape it or have their child thank them in the essay for, you
1: know, their years. Of- <laughs> I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm all for, I'm all for gratitude. I think it's important. Yeah. It's, you know, it, it's kind of like, here, here's a, here's a really good line. It's like, when I was a baby, I was really good at something. And it's like, well, how would you know you were, a baby? <laughs> you know, you, you can say like, I was told or I, from my baby photos, but you know, it's, it's kind of, there are these, these little hints that aren't so little, you know,
0: that they're not authentic to who the child is.
1: Totally. Yes.
0: So how do you work with the, with the student, with the applicant on the writing process? How do you help them with that? When you talk about these zoom sessions.
1: So there's so many ways of working with people like me or college counselors or some that, um, you know, they start you from, from, I, I was about to say freshman year of high school, but actually some start from middle school, right? To craft your whole, your whole high school career, quite literally, what classes to take, what extracurriculars to get involved in, what nonprofits to start, where to get your articles published, what professors to research with, what summer programs. I mean, there's a whole thing, right? Did you just say where to get your articles published? Yes, a hundred percent. And I don't even mean like in the local, you know, um, name your town, you know, newspaper. I mean, you know, work with a professor to get your name cited in a scholarly research paper. I mean, it it really runs the gamut. Um, And then there's some uh, that you can work with, you know, towards the deadline where they're really just working on your application. So, my area of expertise is really working with kids in their final year um, before application. So, that's and towards the second half of their junior year and then beginning of their senior year. And for me, I prefer that because. I want our kids to be happier in high school. And they kind of already know that they're supposed to be involved in stuff and getting involved and And I also want them to have an authentic application. So for me, the way I like looking at it is looking at the application as a holistic process. So basically it's, is it really loud outside now? No, I don't hear it at all. (laughs) Okay, good, sorry. Um, And really figuring out what what, what the ideals, the values, beliefs of that student are so that we can craft a holistic picture of what that student is involved in. So if it's their personal statement, which is their main essay that goes into their common application, and then their area of massive interest, and then why, like why the school?
0: Yes. By the way, it's very interesting to hear you say this because I had a session this morning all about on crafting a family mission statement, which yeah. is all about the values and what matters to you and sort of what you want in the future. And so it's basically what you're suggesting that these students do in their essays, right? Is really sort of incorporate all of that.
1: Exactly. I mean, in, in your work with students, so it's crafting that that, that core it's like their core mission statement, right? And it becomes really obvious when you work with students and they have so many disparate parts of their application, including, you know, it's not. it becomes, becomes obvious why they became involved in some extracurricular if they even were really that involved because it doesn't make any sense. Or when they have an essay that doesn't make any sense to their core, or, you know, I, I had this one applicant and he was such a strong applicant, um, really math science heavy. Uh, did research, did all those things that I was saying is pretty astounding a high school student would even do. But then when it came down to his personal statement, and I think that's really hard for a lot of students, most people in general, because they've never actually had to write anything like that. But the whole, the, 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 the personal statement was like a a poem written in, and it was so- (laughs) Iambic pentameter. Yes. I was kind of looking at it like, uh, yeah, it doesn't really fit with your whole, and it's hard because those are hard, those are hard messages to deliver to the students because they've worked probably really hard on these. Um, yeah. So as long as you have a holistic picture, and because I'm a writer, because I've written a book about myself, and you have to go through the editing process, and you know, you, you have this comment which or this phrase which is what you leave on the cutting room floor, and there's so much that you have to leave out. So that you can really bring the most salient um, anecdotes to to light in your personal statement and all through all your essays and that's what I really try to focus on with my students. I was gonna
0: say right you talk about sort of this idea of the values and the personal statement, how do you help these students develop the ideas for what's going to be presented right for the theme, how do you, how do you tease that out.
1: So I have a bunch of brainstorming exercises and it's actually much easier than it seems. I know a lot of students get hung up on this and I can say I've even done it with my kids and they're like, this is crazy. Like this isn't gonna matter. And then I make them do it and it actually does matter. So the brainstorming exercise, like, what actual objects are important to you? And it's actually interesting or what are you really good at that people don't know? you know, or mm-hmm. if you had to take 10 things to a deserted island or 10 skills, what would they be? And when you do enough of these, I have about five of these exercises and it takes probably an hour and a half to two hours to do them all. Um, I don't necessarily um, say that you should do them at one time because it, they're really taxing. Okay. Um, but then when you put it together, if you work with someone like me, And you can work with a parent, but it's really hard because parents are not objective. But if you if you work with somebody, I don't know
0: what you're talking about, because my (laughs) kids are the smartest kids out
1: there. Yes, I'm actually I'm I'm not surprised by Um, my objective opinion, but your objective opinion and 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 that of most parents. Yeah. So it's really good to get someone who's on the outside uh, to, to put it all together and to work with a student to, to, and it's not just that piece of paper or actually this is probably a 10 page document, but it's talking to them and asking them questions so yes it is like a therapy uh, session or multiple sessions, I should yes. say, and that's also when the parents can be helpful but also can be a hindrance because they may have their own ideas about what their child um what their child is, is really good at. And they may not know certain things about them as well. So that's when you have to kind of balance how involved a parent, uh, can and should be.
0: So you're telling me there's a time that I won't know my child better than they know themselves.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, sometimes, sometimes the parents are, but it's also, right, it's interesting because those are those sticky years in high school where there's so much, um, there's so much independence that the kids fight for. So yes. it's is, it is another balance where yes, the the parents don't know everything and the kids are really fighting for their own identities and they may not want the parents to be involved. A lot of yes. kids don't. Um, and that's that's really hard too for parents because sometimes the parents should be on board. I mean, how many, how many I shouldn't laugh because it's pretty terrible, but the number of calls I get, you know, the, the applications are due in a week and it's like my kid hasn't shared their essay with me and I just thought if it's terrible. Or, you know, it's like, yes, it, it's hard. It's a really, really stressful, high stakes time. And, and it I like think
0: it's yeah, a fine line to balance for sure for everybody. For sure. So I know you said that saying, you know, I was a rambunctious baby or whatever it is, you know, I was this, right, is not what we should include in our essays or our children should include. What is the worst essay that a student can write that they shouldn't?
1: Oh, I mean, there are quite a few, but, <laughs> um, but then they're not, right? I don't like when you say, this is totally taboo. Because if it's written well and explained well, you know, I heard someone say, you should never talk about losing your parent. And it's like, why? That's the craziest concept ever. It's probably the most impactful thing that's happened in your life. As long as you focus, this is the problem, for example. If, you've, if 75% of your essay is about losing your parent, that's a bad arc. You should basically get through that in the first, I would say, 10 to 15% of your essay, and then talk about what, you, what you've gained from that experience, how you overcame the challenge, and who you've become. Because the colleges want to see that you've done the work, and they want to know who's coming in the door. They don't want to know the struggle, and they also don't want to, they don't want to gamble, right? So do their work for them. That's probably the biggest and best advice I can give is they want to know what you're going to give to the school. Show them. They're not going to, they're not going to gamble. They're not going to play a guessing game. Um, so that's, that, that's the, the biggest takeaway. I say show them what's coming through the door through that challenge. Because basically every question they ask is, what's the challenge you overcame? Because life is about challenges. Colleges are going to be full of challenges, social, academic, and other So show us that you can get through it. How are you gonna get through it? And how are you gonna give back? What is your legacy? Those are, that's fundamentally what they're asking. And legacy isn't just, you know, while you're there, it's, you know, as an alum of this school, what kind of fame and fortune are you gonna bring to our campus? Um, And then talk about the building you'll buy. Yeah, pretty much the building or the connections and the doors will open for future alums or, you know, the jacket cover that's going to say you were, you were, uh, you know, uh, an alum of this school. Um, But other topics, I mean, it's, you know, and there's so, and I don't want to say these kids don't try because they do. I mean, but I had an applicant who, who was dying to go to Harvard, as many people are, and I'm not going to knock that. But the whole application was about, I want to go to Harvard to network, you know, and it's, and it's just not, I mean, it's just not, it doesn't hit on why you love the school because frankly, you can go to almost any school and network and who's to say, you know, if you're going to go to Harvard or Yale or, or Princeton or any of these really competitive schools, it's. It's what sets them apart. They really want to know what sets them apart because they want to know that you're in love with the school. And another reason why is their yield, right? They don't want to give yes. you a spot if they think you're going to go somewhere else. They want to, they want to know that if you give you a spot, you're going to come. Um, so th- that kind of thing. Oh, and I even, oh, in this, in this breaks my heart. You know, I like, what did you do during COVID? How did it affect you? And that's now a, an application question and. You know, I've had students say they watched a lot of Netflix, and you know, I, and, and and while it's probably true, true of all of us, I mean, we can look at the streaming numbers for Netflix to prove that that's correct. You know, that's just not what you want to write about. Um, so there, there are a lot of things that you just—I mean—and and while it's great to work out, they probably don't want a whole essay on how many chin-ups and pull-ups you do unless it's part of your, you know, you're being an athletic recruit, or you're creating a, uh, or being a part of a community service program, or you're helping kids become fit. I mean, there just has to be a bigger picture than even me. then they might not want to know the number. Yeah, maybe, <laughs> not. maybe not. You know, but a lot of it is about being selfless and giving back. So I yes. guess what I'm saying is a lot of these themes have to do with I want to network, I want to watch Netflix, I want to, but these schools are communities. And if you're not talking about how you're giving back, yeah. um, that's probably not the, the this, you're probably not gonna come off as a top candidate.
0: So would, the, would you say then that the top thing to mention is how you're gonna give back?
1: Yeah, but here's, a, that's a really good question too, because you know, there's some points that, they're just certain words that are just overused. So yes, every school has a question about community, But don't keep saying community. You know, there's some hot topics right now, like DEI. But don't always say like I'm all into diversity, inclusion, and equity, and and accepting all. Like it's just it's too much. It's like you you're you're you're, that. Those are red flags. Show us, don't tell us. Show us through what you've done. Um, So yeah, while all of these are really really important to touch on, don't don't say them by name.
0: Right, so whatever it is, you have to show it and sort of make it clear that it's part of who you are and what you care about, is that totally what I'm hearing?
1: Through, yeah, through story, through story, through anecdote and be careful with your word choice.
0: Okay, is that how you get the kid's authentic voice to come through, or I should say the student's authentic voice to come through, is sort of through a story or how do you help them with that? Like, how do you help them like that? Cause you said the school really wants to know who they're getting right? When they give an offer to Taru, right? Yeah. They want to know here's who we're, who's, here's is who we are going to have as part of our community. And so how do you, Taru help the student like show that about themselves?
1: So that's a two-part question. So it's um, based on our beliefs, right? What evidence do you have to show that you are a part of these things? Like you can't say suddenly, I believe in community and I'm rah, 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 when you have nothing in your history to prove that. So okay. show the evidence to the story, and then why the school? It becomes okay. So what opportunities at the school? What resources will you take advantage of that that tie that you know you can bridge that? So if it's. Um, I mean, these are really classic examples, but if you're really into, for instance, astrophysics and you're into the, I'm not, so this is probably okay. not an example actually, but you know, if, if, you've, if you've done that kind of research- If you're and, really into
0: world-class education.
1: Yeah, okay, okay, so maybe we'll switch it, yeah. If you're really into world-class education and you've read a lot of books on it and you've talked to people, maybe you've written articles for your school paper on it, maybe you've tutored kids, wh- whatever that may look like, What presently, how does that translate at the university level? Does it mean you're gonna take specific courses in comparative international education? Does it mean you're gonna be involved with the local um, school or migrants who come to try to teach them English? Um, How are you gonna give back at that particular community? And if you don't know, research, ask. Send emails to professors there. Um, Ask alums, ask at your interview how you can translate that there. So that's that's again doing their job for them. They want to know what you are going to look like on that campus, so they can they can say, okay, we have majors in education, we have people <laughs> interested in this community service program. Just you know, everybody wants their lives to be made a little easier. And that's that's your goal. So, how much should one expect to
0: pay for this?
1: That's another tricky question, right? Um, so. Anywhere from, depending on how experienced and involved the counselor is, right? So if you only want one, maybe review of the essays or if you don't want help with the college uh, selection process and how many follow-ups, how involved the parents. So I've heard as low as, and I should say low, as $5,000 per child up to um, hundreds of thousands of dollars. And I've heard international uh agencies charge over a million dollars um but this so, isn't like to actually get the child in right is, that's no. <laughs> i know right there's not even like a guarantee um you would hope that if you're charging seven figures there is a guarantee but it's um you you look at you look at the statistics of the agency right at the at the okay. or the consultant so you know it, it, some of these agencies really specialize and and in getting kids into the most competitive schools, period. So they're also looking to select those students. So that's something I would advise people against too. It's not just, okay, so what percent of your kids got into one of the Ivies or Stanford, Duke, MIT, you know, it's or Berkeley or, you know, it's, it's, you have to dig deeper. Just like when you look at the high schools, right? You can't say one high school is better than the other purely based on college admissions because you have to look at, okay, and you're never probably gonna know this information, but how many of those kids were alumni kids and had, you know, had given a lot of money or were legacy or college recruits or you know, athletic recruits. You, know, you have to, you have to look, at, look at these consulting agencies a little deeper than just what's on the surface as well. Cause they're selecting you as much as you're selecting them when it comes to the most competitive places. Um, so how do you do that?
0: Right. Like I'm guessing they don't have, you know, nine nineties or, you know, like tax information, or like there's no audited information on this. You know, how do you, how do you dig deeper and figure out who to work with?
1: I think from my perspective, since you, it depends on your goals, first of all, like, if you know that that's what you're going for, then you have to be clear with the consultant and say, okay, what are my chances of getting my kid into this school? Um, Or from my perspective, it's more important that you have a really strong rapport with the counselor, because this is like a like a guidance counselor therapist kind of a a relationship that you're having. And it's also important that they are good writers. And that's a huge part that I think is missing with a lot of these advisors, um, because a lot of people say, I mean, and there are a lot. This is a huge industry, right? There are yeah. a lot of ex-admissions officers who who open their own companies and consultancies, which is which can be fabulous, right? And there are there are a lot of fabulous um, and very very informed advisors. But my perspective, which I think is a little different, is at the end of the day, what are these what are these it, these admissions committee members looking at? They're looking at documents. They're looking at what this child looks like on paper. And so my point of differentiation that I love that I bring to the table is I know how to craft the word. I know how to make every word count and I know where to hit the arc. I know what stories to tell and how to tell them and how to break the grammar rules and when to break them and how to tell those stories. So that's that's the point of differentiation. So I think when you look for a college counselor, look for all of those things. Right trust because you have to trust the counselor, know that they have the expertise, know that they know exactly how to pull the pull the story out of your, your child. Um, and let me just go back to trust. It's trust both from the parents and the students because I've heard too many stories where the parents engage a college counselor and the student just doesn't like the counselor. So they're not engaging. And then you have a problem, like you really actually have a problem when it comes to deadlines, because then the parents like, why don't we like the essay? And then the counselor's like, well, the student hasn't submitted it to me. And then the student says, well, I didn't like them. And so it's a, it's a, it's a strong relationship. Um, it has to be a strong relationship, I should say. And so would you say that it's
0: like, should parents and students Interview different consultants, or do they interview like friends and and colleagues who have used people? Or like, how do you then actually say like, it like it's great because people are getting to hear from you about your process and how you think about it. How would somebody who let's say was not listening to my podcast, was not listening to our conversation, know and understand who you are and how you work with people versus you know Bob Smith across town who. Does this, and you know how how would they differentiate between the two of you?
1: So this is a really good question too. So you have to ask all the questions and talk to people who've worked with with that counselor before, um, and it's hard, I have to say, because a lot of it's kind of this hush hush thing, right? You don't really advertise. I like using a matchmaker, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like I worked with this counselor, and they were great because they got my kid into school. It's like, well, no, 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 you don't want to admit that because my kid got in because you know they're the top and every. So <laughs> it's it's just, it's just really again it's another fine line, um, but I think it's really important that the parents speak or the guardian with with the college uh, counselor as much as the student does as well, um, and. To, to be aware of these potential issues and, and, and you know, what is your writing style like? How do you work with a student and know your child? They're introverted, they're extroverted, they don't sit down, they're not good writers, they're great writers, they're all about STEM, but they don't know how to write about their experiences. Um, and another really important point here that I that I haven't stressed enough is availability. How available is that counselor? Because there's so much frustration, especially when it comes to that D Day, right? That basically. It's not always, but December 1st for early decision and, and they're, they I'm just giving general because there are all kinds of, there's ED one and two, there's regular decision one, but generally it's December 1st and January 1st. What is the counselor's availability and how involved are they in the editing process? Is it one, is it one round of revisions? Is it two? Is it three? How many essays? How many schools? And get that information up front because there are a lot of kids who are procrastinators um, and I work with I've worked with a lot and we kind of have this joke but yeah holiday, Christmas, New Year's vacation isn't really
0: it doesn't vacation
1: for anyone if you have a senior in your house. Mm-hmm. Um so get we get get all that information and the availability is really, really important to find out.
0: Well true, you're amazing for making yourself available to us today. So oh, thank, thank you. you.
1: <laughs> this oh, is thank it. you so much for having me. And <laughs> I hope the information is useful. I really
0: do. Um it's fascinating. And to me, what's so interesting is hearing how similar the work that you do and the work that I do is, right? When you think about how important sort of the values and the mission and being true to yourself in thinking about your application or your child's application, as well as in thinking about your finances and the values that you want to sort of instill in your children around that. I also like to realize, which I didn't before, how helpful the work is that I'm doing with my clients to help their children later talk about their values. So you're welcome everyone
1: who's listening. For sure. And and I would like to add cuz I don't want to stress any families out, I do think, like I legitimately think every student has a story to tell and a beautiful story to tell. And you know, even you may think my kid only sold lemonade on the street, you know, like I have, I've worked with students who've written the most beautiful stories about how that impacted the rest of their lives into wanting to become an entrepreneur and what they've done to cultivate that interest. And so what you do, what you do, Emily, and I, and I think you probably say like, there is no desperate case where you can't teach a family to become financially viable and to thrive. I, I think the same thing. I think Everybody has a chance. Everybody has a story, and it comes out differently. And and I'll also say, you know, life is on a continuum, right? And the kid who peaks at eighteen probably isn't isn't going to have that great a life moving forward. So, you know, we're just helping them on their way to have the best opportunities possible. So that's if I can do my job in helping you know kids with that with that transition point, that's what I want to do. It's terrific.
0: You really come into sort of families' lives. That's such a sort of key moment. And to help these students tell their tales, you know, is wonderful. So thank you for sharing your secret sauce with us today. As I mentioned, nobody else is listening. It's just you and me, (laughs) Teru. Again, I hope I was helpful. (laughs) It's very helpful. Now, if anybody would like to speak with me, my family engagement team, or Taru, you can reach us at emily.grace at bernstein.com. Thanks for listening.